On today's episode, Lara and I will be describing what an ecosystem is and how they relate to all of the topics we've already talked about on our podcast and those we'll talk about in the future. Also, the main focus is on urban forest management and what urban forestry is. Do you have trees in your community? Then this episode is for you. Welcome to Naturally Florida, a podcast about Florida's natural areas and the wild things that live here. I'm Lara Milligan. And I'm Shannon Carnavali. This podcast is brought to you by UF IFAS Extension in Polk and Pinellas Counties. Today, we're going to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics, which is urban forestry and urban tree canopy. But before we get there, You've probably heard Lara and I talk about ecosystems and refer to them when we were talking in our past episodes about fireflies or Cuban tree frogs and how they live and interact with their ecosystem. But I don't think we've defined it yet. Have we, Lara? No, and I definitely think that's important for us to do because... We can say it. It's one of those terms like maybe we kind of get the general concept, but until we actually put words to it, it's kind of this abstract idea. So yeah, whenever whenever I think about ecosystem, it's simply the organisms within whatever particular habitat you're looking at interacting with each other as well as their physical environment is kind of the most basic way to explain it. Yeah. And definitions like that, it's just like what you said. We assume that people know what they are and we have a feeling of what they mean, but the non-living environment, I mean, that's awful clinical. What kind of things are we talking about there? Yeah. And and it's actually, it's something that we often don't think about, but it's really important to think about because it impacts a lot of things like sunlight, which I'm sure a lot of us are thinking about right now. Like it's really hot. (laughs) Um, Moisture that's also happening right now. Like you could cut the air with a knife, I'm pretty sure. Um, Temperature, wind water flow, like all of these different physical features that impact, you know, kind of how the organisms in that particular area might engage with their surroundings. That also brings up the little things that we don't think of as living also. When people talk about dirt, what they really should be talking about is soil and all the things that live in soil, everything from earthworms to absolutely teeny tiny microorganisms and the chemical processes that happen in the soil make up a big part of the ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. And another thing, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that I always like to point out when we're talking about kind of ecosystem level stuff is even just topography and elevation, which I know sounds like hilarious talking about that in Florida, but (laughs) literally inches here can dramatically change what we see above ground because we're so close to the water table. Yeah. And that also brings up salt. So when we're talking about the change from inland to coastal areas, that addition of salt, which is non-living, can have a huge impact on what's happening in that ecosystem. But when we're talking about ecosystems as they relate to urban forestry, the biggest part of the ecosystem hasn't been mentioned yet, and that's people and the society (laughs) that we live in. So Lara, I know you did some really cool research on how our ecosystems in Florida have changed over time. Do you want to share some of that? Yeah, Shannon, it was really fun doing the research and I, it's really going to be hard for me to pick where to even begin with this, but I think the big picture for the point of this episode is, right, Florida at one point in time in history was all some type of ecosystem, whether it was pine forests or wetlands, and then yeah. slowly, right, starting kind of like the 1800s, 
people started to come to Florida, the main relationship they had with trees was that they were using these trees, right, to make all sorts of products, to just more or less simply survive. And our relationship with trees has really shifted and changed over the years to the point now, I'd say more people, especially right where in hurricane season, it's like, get these trees off my property, get them off my roof. At the same time, I know you said urban forestry is like your favorite thing. And it, <laughs> I, I do feel like we're starting to circle back to realize the value and importance of trees, which is what we hope to kind of highlight in today's episode. Absolutely. And I think like exactly like you said, it is it's one of my favorite topics, but I think I have the advantage of living in a more rural community. And so we've been able to see how other communities over time have developed and become mostly concrete. And now they're having lots of infrastructure problems with the trees that they do have. But because here in Central Florida, we're a little bit more rural, we have space for trees still. So we have the opportunity to see their benefits, especially as we watch other cities trying to grapple with how do we bring trees back? Because just like you said, our relationship is changing Mm-hmm. with trees again. You talked about how people started off in our in our state living with the trees and needing them to survive and, and create livings for themselves. But there was that long time period where exactly like you mentioned, we need to get rid of these trees. They're in the way. They're causing problems. They're attracting things to our yards. And right. why would we want <laughs> wildlife in our yards? That sounds terrible. <laughs> but now people are like, oh, I miss the trees. So I'm I'm really hopeful that this is us turning a new leaf and really bringing trees back into our urban communities. Yeah. And I would say too now, I mean, I know I alluded to kind of the negative aspect of trees in relation to hurricane season, but it's also, I've mentioned it's really hot. It's summertime mm-hmm. and shade is such a critical piece right now. Like if you're outside, you are seeking shade. Absolutely. <laughs> That's such a great point, Lara. And the other day when I was driving home from work, I feel like I can just describe this to all your listeners. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, close your eyes, assuming you're not driving. If you're you're driving, (laughs) keep going, keep looking at, at the road, be safe. If you're not driving though, go ahead and close your eyes and imagine you are sitting in my 90s Jeep with me. No air conditioning, no doors, no windows. You're just in the car, in the society. So good, bad, or otherwise, all the smells, all the heat, all the wind. It maybe was raining a couple minutes ago, but hey, it's sunny now. We are driving into Winter Haven, and we make a turn off a road through a little park to get to my house. And when we do that, immediately the temperature drops about 5, 10 degrees, it feels like. It's so much cooler You can hear birds now. The air almost feels a little bit moist and refreshing. And then you come out from the other side of that park, and now you're in a neighborhood. You can still hear some birds, but maybe fewer. There's dappled shade and sun shooting through the tree canopy. And that feeling you had when you drive off of a busy road under a tree canopy into that microclimate, that ecosystem is providing so many pleasurable benefits to you. And because you're in a Jeep with no doors, you feel it all. It's amazing what a nice little stand of trees can do for our neighborhoods as far as temperature. Ah, That was relaxing <laughs> until we got back out into the hot neighborhood. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a really good point. And the data actually does show anywhere from eight to 10 degrees difference. Wow. When 
I know it's crazy when you're in the shade compared to the sun. And I mean, you think about that, like in relation to water temperature and you're like, um, yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah. And Shannon, you also mentioned this idea or concept of microclimates, you know, where you saw that Mm -hmm. or felt that temperature difference. And that's getting back to that big picture ecosystem concept where it's actually the other way around, like the physical environment is determining what species are found there. Um, right. Trees can totally change the temperature within an area, the humidity within a small particular area, and that might change what species that we find there. So we won't go down that rabbit hole, but I do. I just think microclimates is a good thing to point out. And a lot of people have probably experienced them, but maybe never made that connection. Or didn't have a word to put to it. But there. now you do. Yeah. It's a microclimate <laughs> in an ecosystem. I guess getting back to the main focus or concept for today's episode on urban forests and urban forestry and urban forest management. I had an opportunity to talk to Rob Northrup, our extension forester. He's like known throughout the state for anything urban forestry related. And I asked him how he would define urban forest management. And this is what he had to say. So, you know, today, urban forest management is often defined as the art, science, and technology of managing trees in and around urban environments for psychological, sociological, economic, and aesthetic benefits that trees provide to society. So you can see there's a lot of components there to urban forest management, but we still haven't yet really told you guys like what makes up an urban forest and mm-hmm. in talking to Shannon, you know, as we were preparing for this episode, she had this really good, just, I thought way of describing it. So Shannon, can you tell everyone what you told me? Of course. When I talk about urban forestry with our communities, I ask them to imagine a neighborhood full of trees. And so if we are looking at all those trees on those individual properties, it feels like we're looking at a group of individual trees. But if we were to look at that same neighborhood and take away all the roads and houses and people and cars, most people would call that group of trees a forest. It's not a a forest that naturally exists. There's going to be a bunch of weird species in there from landscaping. But if you looked at it and I asked you to put a name on it, you would probably call it a forest. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about an urban forest. It's the entirety of the trees in an area that is also urban. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And again, kind of thinking big picture with that. So we've got this ecosystem essentially in an urban area. And one thing that Shannon and I like to teach about, although maybe not saying this directly, is this idea of ecosystem services, which is a fancy way of saying like the benefits that we get from nature. And so specifically with trees, there's so many benefits we so, already, so many. We already mentioned shade, but um, we wanted to just highlight a few more of those. So maybe if you're like more on the, like the tree, maybe hater side will make you a little tree hugger with me and Shannon. <laughs> so one thing that comes to my mind right now, because right, I'm trying to buy a house in this impossible market is just simply like the aesthetics of having trees. Um, if there is no tree on a property that I am looking at, like I am not even considering purchasing that house. And there's been research to show that just having trees on your property increases your property value. There's a significant amount of local research on that, too. I think some of that real estate research was done in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. And another benefit is, again, thinking back to that shade concept, is that reduction in temperature has the potential to reduce the amount that you're turning on your AC. If you have a lot of 
if your home is shaded a lot by the trees that are on your property. And of course, then you can hopefully be out on your property more enjoying that shade. Yeah, that's always the best place to put a picnic table is under a big old shade tree in the backyard. Is there anything nicer than that? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe that in the fall time or winter. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Still not in the summer. But you bring up some really great ecosystem services. One that's important in my neck of the woods is that soil erosion piece. We talk a lot about trees on and around the waterfront, be it a creek or a lake or even just a ditch. Having a tree planted on your waterfront can really help secure that soil. And if you're not on a waterfront, having the trees to prevent erosion down slopes are still really valuable ways to use trees for soil erosion. Yeah. And that's huge too. We had our episode all on stormwater and we talked about this idea of erosion leading to turbidity in the water. And so it just, it goes so far reaching again, when we think that big picture ecosystem level stuff, trees preventing soil erosion is huge. And I mean, yeah, we could talk forever, but um, I think one that might be more on people's minds nowadays is this idea of air quality as well and how trees Mm -hmm. can improve and contribute to air quality. And there's a lot of research around this and I'll try not to get too technical, but basically there's a lot of particles that float in the air all the time, a lot of which we can't see, but all of the leaves on all of the trees, hopefully that are surrounding you, you know, can help to trap and prevent those from being essentially inhaled by us. It's just one kind of I guess, easy way to explain ways that trees help improve and protect air quality. Yeah. And if anyone listening really wants to have a nerd out kind of moment, look into how trees help with air quality because it is absolutely fascinating. On the most simple level, you can really think about trees breathing in more polluted air and exhaling cleaner air. It really does come down to that. And it's amazing. Yeah. And then I think all of my colleagues that are in the uh, climate change arena would dab me if I didn't bring up this idea of carbon (laughs) storage and the incredible value that trees do in reducing carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. They just serve as this giant, you know, sink and holding all of that in, right? We breathe in this nice oxygen and breathe out this carbon dioxide that our trees love. And so they're just critical in so many aspects of our our lives and our quality of life, as well as the quality of the environment and ecosystems around us. So Lara, I have a question. Oh, yeah. Let's say we've convinced someone, someone listening right now is thinking about how they can add to the urban forest canopy help by planting a tree. What are some of the things that people need to consider when they're planting a tree in their yard? Oh boy, where to begin? I'm again, and this is going back to my colleagues in Florida friendly landscaping would say right tree, right place. But Mm -hmm. definitely I'd say the number one thing is you need to consider what, how big that tree is going to get at maturity and taking that into account when you think about where you're going to locate that tree, just so the roots have plenty of room to grow and aren't going to ultimately, you know, cause damage to your home or foundation or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. Knowing how big that tree is going to get is so important and beyond what it could do to your house. It's also important to consider what those tree roots might mean for the infrastructure around your house. If they're improperly planted or you plant a tree that's too big right next to a sewer line, that's going to be a big hassle for you in 20 years if you need to change out that sewer line or if the roots break the sewer line. 
same thing with overhead electric wires. So if you live Mm -hmm. in an area that has power lines that are above the houses in your neighborhood, that's when we start to look at trees and hurricanes and the potential issues they can cause. But there's a silver lining to this, and that is in Florida, we have some wonderful research which suggests that a lot of our native tree species are highly adapted for wind storms. So we will link that research in our show notes, and that has a list of recommended species for hurricane winds. Yeah, that's great, Shannon. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I just want to say for those of us who might not be in the mindset of planting a tree right now, there is still a really cool activity that you can do to calculate the value of the ecosystem services that the trees provide right in your very own yard or your favorite park. And it's called the National Tree Benefits Calculator. It's just treebenefits.com. When you go on there, you will have to be equipped with just four basic pieces of information. One is your zip code. Hopefully y'all know that. The species of your tree, the diameter of your tree, and that's just, you can do your best estimate. You measure it at four and a half feet off the ground. And then you have to indicate kind of the land use type of the tree. There's a drop-down menu there. So it's super easy. You can just select residential probably for most of us. And you hit the calculate button and you get some awesome information. And Shannon, I know you recently did this for one of your trees in your yard. I did. We have a lovely little live oak growing in our backyard and its diameter is about seven inches. Something I want y'all to know when you do this calculator is you're going to look at it and you're going to think, oh, my tree only gives out $100 in benefits a year. That's a lot, especially when you consider all the trees in our parks and neighborhoods. And again, that's per year. So as your tree grows, it will produce more benefits as it is a direct relationship to the diameter. So for instance, my little seven inch inch diameter live oak will help filter over 1800 gallons of stormwater runoff just this year. If you recall back to our last podcast episode where we talk about stormwater runoff, that tree filtering of stormwater is really important to our surface water quality, like our lakes and rivers. So go ahead and give it a go. I'm going to go ahead and say, this is your homework for this podcast episode. (laughs) How do you feel about that, Lara? I love homework. (laughs) Awesome. So everyone, you know, get a friend, go out to your backyard, or if you don't have trees on your property, go to your favorite park, do exactly as Lara said, try to estimate diameter of a species you recognize that's on the list. Go to treebenefits.com and calculate out your national tree benefit calculator results. And I think you'll have a lot of fun looking at the different ways that your trees influence property value, energy, air quality, and more. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's a a great way to cap this episode, but know that this is not the last you will be hearing from Shannon and I about urban forestry because it's such a huge topic and a very important one. And well, we love trees. So um, (laughs) thanks guys. And we look forward to uh, talking to you at our next episode. Thanks for listening to Naturally Florida, a podcast about Florida's natural areas and the wild things that live here. Stay updated on new episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Naturally Florida is produced by your hosts, Shannon Carnavali and Lara Milligan. If you have questions or suggestions, submit them online at naturallyfloridapodcast.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by the University of Florida's Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences Extension, an equal opportunity institution. Thank you for listening.